we were catching up and we were talking about like how things have been recently. We haven't done this in a while and we haven't really like seen each other, pandemic world, all that stuff. So seen each other from afar. Exactly. And Jesse, you were saying something about how you're feeling pretty set up with your your current catalog is even as a young healthy person, I am at the end of the list for vac for getting a vaccine. I was just saying <laughs> I'm I'm good with a uh, I got I got my lineup of video games to set me to fall if needed. <laughs> so wow, okay, uh, <laughs> that's impressive. Wait, wait, wait. So is that because there are so many great games on the horizon that are coming out? There's a great game that I'm playing right now that probably could alone set me till fall but yes there's also what? games um <laughs> coming out on the horizon hopefully that will get in 2020 but let's not or 2021 wow that's weird to say um happy new year everyone <laughs> um but before we get we don't i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves so we sort of thought hey what's the first podcast topic we could do for 2021 and since we haven't seen each other much and i'm sure there was much gaming this past year being quarantined we could sort of just do a review of our favorite games from the past year and then talk about what we're looking forward to this is jesse george and robert and you're listening to bit bites an analytical discussion about gaming thanks for joining us I didn't play like a lot of variety of games last year. I played more of like a select few, but uh, one that was kind of like a surprise. And technically, uh, I mean, I didn't actually start playing this until 2021 at the beginning of the year, but it was so early in the new year that I was just like, ah, yeah. I'll Don't worry, I'm going to do that too, so I'm going <laughs> to 100% let you do that right now. So I would probably say my top game for like, 2020 and then the very beginning of 2021 is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh, yes. So uh, good. It's it so really good. good. It surprised me so much. Do tell. Tell yeah, everyone about I how great it is. I played an Assassin's Creed game many many years like i didn't i sort of played the uh one that was in egypt but i, I kind of origins yes i sort of played that one but i didn't get very far into it and just kind of gave up on it um so i don't really count it but and i didn't play the the spartan one um odyssey i think it is yeah but i i love the lore and history of like Norse mythology and you know Viking history and that sort of stuff and so it was just kind of a natural super easy choice to go ahead and pick up the Assassin's Creed Valhalla which I wasn't originally planning on doing because I was just like oh it's another Assassin's Creed game I probably won't play it but I took a leap of faith to see what I did there <laughs> um, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was surprising. Like the game is very complex, but also very simple, which I like. I like that there's like there's a lot of different systems and avenues and stuff, but they're not incredibly complex to where they like make you intimidated. So yeah, I love the main character, love the storyline. Like I'm all about. It. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, I probably sunk a good. 35 40 hours into it and still have not completed it's massive it's huge so that was probably my top pick so would you say that as someone who hasn't played any assassin's creed i feel like people are saying this i'm getting the slow head shake from robert <laughs> don't judge me uh would you say that this is sort of like a natural evolution in a positive direction for the series gameplay wise I haven't really played any Assassin's Creed games since up to this one, so I, I can't really speak for outside of what I've read in an article here or there. It feels good, but I mean, you still have those you know core things of like you're parkouring over you know things. There's there's elements of stealth, even though this one is more brutish 
and more outgoing than being reserved and you know stealthy, even though it has some stealth elements in it. But you know, it, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. That, you know, if the next Assassin's Creed comes, that I would be more encouraged to play just because I played this one or not. I think the assassin stealth mechanics stuff in this one is pretty optional yes obviously there's an advantage to it because you can you know you're invading like this huge base bunch of people so if you can get some stuff in before you're detected that's helpful but it pretty much always ends up being like a situation where you're just you know like george said you're just really going for it um so the combat i don't know honestly i thought the game was more like the witcher in a lot mm. of ways yeah. even in the combats in some senses not you know you're not hunting hunting monsters or anything but um it's got kind of like the infinite weak bow and right. then you're really just doing a lot of like um you know melee combat with axes and longer axes and shorter axes and All throwing axes, axes and yeah. stuff like that <laughs> i will say i did really like uh the skill system how they did that it's like every time you level up you get a set of skill points and if you haven't seen the skill tree for the game it's insanely massive it's huge um and at first i was like oh great i'm gonna spend forever trying to figure out what all this stuff does and whatnot but the one neat thing that they did and i don't know if this is unique to this game is they give you the ability to reset your uh, skill points at any point in the game at no cost like it doesn't cost anything you can just reset the skills that you've put into a certain uh arc of the tree and you can apply them to another you know separate area of the tree if you feel like your gaming style is more catered towards another branch and yeah the fact that like every time you do like some sort of quest major quest or anything you're always leveling up so you're constantly acquiring new abilities i don't know if it's unique to this one but i thought was kind of fresh from the norm of RPG open world games that I've played. Yeah, I, I think the thing I like about it the most is that the entire thing is shrouded in fog, like the actual menu itself. So when yes. you start out, it's kind of organized into these little clusters. Um, they do the thing where it's like the constellations like in Skyrim, but they're much smaller and they're, instead of being dedicated to a specific skill set, they're kind of clustered around like generalities. So there's like fighting clusters, there's assassin clusters, um, there's like special skills clusters. And so as you reveal different points along these constellations, the fog lets up. So when you get to the very outside of it and you reach to a point where you're gonna go off into a branching into other skills, it slowly reveals the whole kind of everything that's available to you. So. I like it too, George. I really like it because it's emergent that way. It felt like I was having discovery inside of the skill mapping itself, yes. um, which is probably one of the strengths of the game in general anyway. So it's very on theme where, like you said, it's very big uh, just in terms of like the actual map itself, the exploration. They do do the thing where there's like this level locked business where like certain regions are so difficult that if you try to go explore, I'm sure you could force your way through it, but a lot of them are so difficult early on that it's just a waste of time. True. Um, but the it's not... I don't know. I feel like um, although it is big, I feel like it's big in a good way. Like, the oh, natural yeah. setting is so awesome looking and varied and believable. It's it's very English. 100%. I yeah, this is I... like a positive step for the series because I know they've been sort of... I know Odyssey was sort of well-received, but for a while it was sort of like meh another one they're just been out there yeah i think it's pretty strong relative to the ones i played before yeah and i i did notice you know some improvements to just general core you know mechanics of the game of like they improved you know the ability to scale things in uh you know the game whereas before there's a lot of limitation on you can't go in water and you can't go you know up a, a mountain and you know, this, at least in this game and probably some of the newer ones, they've given you the freedom to, you know, if you want to scale that mountain, go right ahead. You can scale that mountain. Uh, the one thing I did, this is kind of a thing that I didn't like, though, about it was the fact that when you progress far enough in the game, you, you uh, become a target, so to speak. And there are these super difficult 
like beefed up knights and uh they're really hard to kill and they come seemingly out of nowhere like you might be just like wandering through a city and then all of a sudden you get an alert saying that you know this enemy has found you and now you're like stuck because you have to either kill this guy or like run away at least that was my experience so there is a story element related to this um, and I'm not going to give away exactly what it is but there's a couple of decisions that you make that lead up to it and then there's one final decision they don't tell you that it's going to be this but there is a way in the story if you make certain decisions to uh, they basically like your name is on a piece of paper in a particular place for like this group of other assassins to like have a hit out on you essentially and so if you do the story a certain way you can with the time limit which is really interesting because most of the things in the game don't have a time limit after you a certain character tells you that that exists then you have to like real quickly get over there and destroy it and if you do that then that mechanic in the game never shows up what well wow. here's the thing is i did that quest and i thought i destroyed the paper but i think i ran out of time yeah, it's timed, which I thought was so interesting. It's like nothing else is like, and it's very short too. Yeah, yeah, because I did that and they still kept appearing. So I was like, oh, I guess I didn't make it in time. That sounds super annoying though. Like when I did it, it was actually relieving because I'm like, I had um, tried to get, you know, my courage up to take on one of these en- enemies that you're talking about. And right. it's like, if there's a tier that exists above a boss, that's the best way I can describe it. Like <laughs> they're... There, there aren't bullets in the game, obviously, but they're bullet sponges, and yes. they have, they like it's really hard to get a hit in on them because they're so agile and like, anyways. And they do so, yeah, I feel for you, George. Yeah. That sucks. It, your name, there's a hit out <laughs> on you, and I feel yeah. for you. That sucks. Um, the one last thing I'll say that I really liked about this game that I don't know again if it's an improvement, but I thought was kind of a nice touch was the complexity and the facial animations for the major characters. I thought like there were, it wasn't significant, but there were times where they would have certain facial expressions where I I kind of understood and felt a little bit of what it was like to be in that person's shoes. The motion capture that I'm sure they probably did with it. Like it's not as good as some of the games that I play, but it's definitely better than what I've seen in the past and was like definitely helped, you know, kind of just, immerse me in the story yeah i thought it was really good too some of the like subtleties come through a bit better yes um you can kind of pick up on that stuff yeah yeah definitely and the last thing i'll say too there were certain aspects of the game that i completely ignored and did not feel like i was missing out of the game like the whole tree that uh they show fairly early on in the game of like all the templars which is very um shadow of mordor style where like you find clues and then they're revealed and such I never like spent any time trying to hunt down different Templars or anything and didn't feel like I was, you know, you know, missing out on a significant aspect of the game or anything. Which is crazy because think about how much effort it probably is to set all of that up. And there's like yeah. all these different ways that you can triangulate someone's identity and stuff. And yeah, you can just leave it on the table. That is pretty cool. Um, it's like the thing that you said earlier, George, I think it's like, describes the whole game really well like sums it up as like player freedom yeah it's player freedom and you're not like to the point of if you choose to play a different way then that maybe doesn't take all the systems in the game into account you're not being shortchanged whereas like in some games if you choose to go a different route even though you have that player freedom it becomes like a more difficult or less fun game and i didn't feel that way with this one the developer's like, uh, 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 you're yeah. going to do that. You got to eat your vegetables. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good game. Uh, it's Dude, I'm so it. glad you enjoyed it. I love that game. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. And the other two that I won't really spend a whole lot of time on was Doom Eternal. Uh, it was one of the top games I played. Even though I didn't play it a, a whole lot, I really enjoyed just taking it to the next level from the previous one. Wait, did uh, you finish it? I did, yeah. I have yet to launch it. You have yet to launch it? <laughs> it's. So I've had it in my Steam library since it came out, and I haven't Robert, played it. Robert, <laughs> what are you doing? I as know. much as you love the first one. 
I don't want it to be bad. I'm scared to play it. <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed it, but um, and then uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was also a really good one this year. Yeah, um, that was uh, I think the first on my list. The first thing I played this year in 2020. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I saw it on your list too. I was like, oh, I remember playing that and I actually really liked it, so I'm gonna steal it for mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> it um, was so. It, I don't know about you, but it makes me really hopeful for the future of Star Wars games. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of a breath of fresh air compared to the, the releases that we've had in the past with EA. So it was definitely mm-hmm. a nice surprise. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of my what my gaming consisted of although I had another one on my list but I removed it because I was kind of embarrassed about how much time that I sank into it tell us tell Tell us tell us uh was the new Call of Duty Cold War Cold War I don't think I've even seen anything about that do you like it Eh, I mean it's it's one of those games that if you don't really have anything else to play um it's just kind of a good just interim until you find something else is it like a social thing like you play it with people you know yeah, some of it's, you know, playing with, you know, as a social thing, but those kinds of games I've always really enjoyed, like the sniping aspect of it. But in previous games, they made sniping kind of more difficult. Whereas in this game, they've kind of made it a nice balance to where, you know, if you want to go that route in multiplayer games, it's not tremendously difficult like it's been in recent iterations. It's a little bit more fun and enjoyable so that's probably what's kept me in more than because that's the only kind of class that i outfit is that particular kind of class so did you have any other like honorable mentions or any other games you want to just do like a quick like sure i played this uh real quick star wars squadrons played that nice little vr uh mode that that's the only reason i got it was that i could actually sit in the the fighters and live out my childhood dreams and fantasies oh that's um, so cool nice yeah super detailed i mean there's uh I, I can't remember if it was last year i think control i don't know if it was last year or the year before that control came out um that i played didn't finish it but it i'm good. interested in that too i think whenever it goes on a mega sale i'll probably pick it up yeah but yeah so i think that's kind of more or less what my new games have consisted of very nice that's a decent list i mean yeah. even valhalla in and of itself you could sink quite a bit of time into oh that. yeah it's it's endless okay jesse i think we like sort of set up a segue where like george liked fallen order and you liked fallen order yes i think that and the fact that we sink a bunch of time into a few games is probably the only thing our lists have in common <laughs> um, that's more than my list has in common with anybody else yeah true uh but yeah, my last year was full of a few, but really good games. Started with Jedi Fallen Order. I think it's a shorter game than my typical uh, type, but it was... like I'd rather have a shorter game with solid quality and solid story than like dragging out unnecessarily. So... Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if the quality stays good, even if the story isn't there... That's fine. Um, anyway, that was a really good start to the year. And then I had this weird lull of like, I don't have anything to play, but I bought Jurassic World Evolution. Yes, the, you did. The dinosaur <laughs> park builder. Um, like, I think I bought it a while ago. I never really got into it, but I decided to get into it. And I'm so glad I did because <laughs> it's basically, I probably talked about this on the podcast before, but like, Jeff Goldblum being very sassy. Anyway, it was great. It's it's basically like Zoo Tycoon, but for dinosaurs and a little bit more hyper-realistic. It was a lot of fun. Um, and for people who like the movies, and I say movies as in all the movies, um, even the original three, uh, there's lots of like little nods and winks, Easter eggs, so that was cool. And then we entered the age of Animal Crossing. <laughs> start of the pandemic oh we do have that in common yeah we do have that in common yeah um i never played animal crossing before but this new one oh my gosh what's it called animal crossing new horizons Horizons. there we go uh it 
actually, Robert, you got it first. And I was like, oh, that looks sort of interesting. I want to play with you. So <laughs> I, what is hilarious to me about this, as a Nintendo game, this is probably the only game I've played with. I, I played the mo- with the most friends, real life friends. Like most multiplayer, I don't have people who like playing multiplayer games. So most multiplayer I play is like online strangers. But there was like one weekend where we had like five different friends all on different islands connecting and flying to each other's one island to have like a party. It was so interesting. That's cool. Um, Yeah, it was it was a very different experience, but it was really cool. And I think it came at a perfect time. A quick side note. Kayla now has uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Does she love it? So she's just now getting into it. Um, it no, she does so have cool. it. And it like changes with the season, so I'm sure you got the winter. Yes. She's got the winter theme going. Yeah, she's she's in full winter swing right now, and she was showing me uh, yesterday, actually. Um, so like her aquarium, the like aquarium museum and stuff, and like all the things that she finds like in the water and like on her island and the stuff that she yeah. like buys and sells is pretty cool. It's nice. really satisfying building out your island. I think the only reason I stopped playing was probably like three or four months in was because I felt like I, I like did everything. I felt complete. Whoa. Um, which of course I didn't because things change each sure. season. They keep adding stuff, but I don't know. I felt I felt done. Um, sure. Maybe it'll be something I'll get back into in the future. But yeah, solid game. Thank you, Nintendo. So then. <laughs> The irony of me playing this game before Cyberpunk came out later in the year, but uh, I finally played The Witcher 3 all the way through, plus both DLCs. Yeah! So, <laughs> da, da, da. I finally caught up to everyone else. Um, so, what is it, what are your thoughts on it? It was a wonderful, wonderful game. It was really good. The story was solid. Lots of things to do. Giant map to uncover. Uh, I Even I was playing on the Switch... I didn't think it looked horrible. It, like, obviously wasn't as high quality as, like, PC or any other console, but it worked really well for the Switch, and it played well on handheld. I was surprised. Some games I've, I've like, oh, that would be great to get on the Switch, but I feel like, like, take, for example, the Doom games. I feel like I mm-hmm. wouldn't want to play them, even though they, they are accessible to the Switch because of just the nature of the fast pace and stuff. I feel like the at least the Joy-Cons are not catered towards you know, having the best experience. I don't know. Do you have a pro controller for Switch? I do. I, I like, almost never use the Joy-Cons since I got my pro controller, so got I can't it. say what the Joy-Cons would be like, but uh, I mostly played with the pro controller when it was docked, um, but there was a few times where, Robert, you wanted to play on the TV, so I would do handheld, and it, it was still fine. But, I mean, Witcher isn't as, like, fast-paced as Doom, so... I don't know, I recommend, like, if you want to play something mobile, like, the Switch, it's 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 a good... It serves its purpose, like... And the DLC? I thought it was really good. It's really rare outside of Nintendo IPs where I find DLC, I find it's worth the money. Um, Hmm. But... I mean, I guess this came packaged with... I bought it as, like, a bundle, so that wasn't really a problem for me. But it did feel worth it. There were, like, giant new maps and storylines, so... That's awesome. Um, I don't know. I I got the Witcher DLC bundle pack for the Switch, what, like, probably five to ten years after it came out. So maybe I'll get Cyberpunk in another ten years when it's on Switch Pro whatever is out at that point. <laughs> Awesome. So the game that absorbed the end of my 2020, the start of my 2021, and probably the rest of it, if I'm being honest, is Genshin Impact. Uh, and I'm not honestly surprised I hadn't heard of it before a friend told me about it, since I'm so into JRPGs, but uh, it's full of the anime tropes and cliches. So, you know, if you're familiar with anime at all, it's, it's going to have a lot of those references in it. But uh, many have called it a Breath of the Wild ripoff. But I don't think that's sort of doing it justice. I think that, yeah, at first glance, it's like there's plenty of heavy inspiration drawn from that game. But 
once I'm, I got 10 hours in, I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely its own thing. It's made by a Chinese company called Mihoyo. But what I find really interesting about this game is that uh, it pulls heavily from the Japanese mobile gacha games. And those gacha games, uh, what they call it, it, it's sort of like the equivalent of loot boxes. It's sort of gambling. It's uh, using either real currency or in-game currency that you can buy to roll for a chance at getting a good character or a good weapon. So it has that gambling draw to it um, that makes gotcha games so addictive. But I think I, I try to stay away from those free-to-play type games because normally you always hit sort of a, a ceiling that you can't really play for free without putting in lots of money or just too much hours. That's It's just not worth it. But what I like about this is that I really haven't hit that ceiling. Like every month they update the game with new events, um, new expansions to the map, new expansions to the story, new characters uh, that keeps it exciting. And I never feel like I'm really grinding away at trying to uh, get enough in-game currency to roll for these things. And once you do roll enough and you have enough characters or weapons, it's really about utilizing them in the world and trying to level them up, not about rolling for new ones. Uh, I'm not one to just dump money into a game, especially a free-to-play game. It has to earn my money, <laughs> and I really feel like it did. I I probably, after all of these months, have only put in maybe 30 or $40, and I, I would feel completely comfortable putting up to 60 because I think it's, it's worth a $60 game. The storyline isn't perfect. Like I said before, it's very anime, so it can be very cliche, but like it's a solid storyline. Uh, plenty of side quests and side character stories to explore. The, the world itself is massive. Like that would probably be the closest thing to Breath of the Wild. I would compare it to like in terms of style and just like every nook and cranny has something hidden. Um, the way you traverse the world, it's so much fun just to explore. And I think that's probably one of the top driving features for me to play the game. Uh, but also I think the fighting is really, really tight. Uh, they have a really solid fighting battle system. You basically use the characters you collect through either the free in-game ones or the ones that you pull with the gacha system. Um, to have like squads of four to fight with. Is it a little uh, Xenoblady in that regard? Yeah, actually it is. Sort of is like that. The reason I think I can keep playing this through the rest of 2021 is because uh, they're building new parts of the map as they go. So each like new version release, probably every two months, they like put in a new kingdom, a new land to visit. Uh, about every month they have new events to play like it, it's keeping it fresh so like when the game first started it was, it was quite light um, there was still enough to do but before you got to that wall they released a new section I think that's a really interesting way to adapt sort of the role playing world exploration type game genre to the uh, long running like let's extend the lifespan of this multiplayer game that like a lot of other genres have adapted like the Fortnites, World of Warcrafts, etc. etc. Now is the combat turn based or is it real time? The combat is real time. It is like Breath of the Wild in that way. Uh, except for instead of having your the one character link, uh, you have four that you can switch out uh, rapidly between and I could keep rambling about this game all day, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. Do you have any thoughts based on watching me play this game for hours on the couch? I did. I tried to play just like, I didn't play very much of it, like maybe 30 minutes. Um, that's not really enough to give it a fair shot, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's stuff there that looks fun, but I don't know, maybe I'll play it down the line. Who knows? Yeah, I can't see you get getting drawn into this game based on the storyline. Uh, I think it is very weak compared to a lot of other games, but that's definitely not the main draw. I think the exploration and the fighting style is probably what would draw you the most to it. 
And gambling. And gambling, yes. That's cool. Are there any other games that were worth mentioning, possibly, for your 2020? <laughs> uh, probably my other Time Suck game is the one you introduced me to, Overcooked. Ah, it's yes. Like that perfect, I have 15 minutes before dinner and I just want to chill out for a bit <laughs> game. So good. So good to come back to, even if you played like the levels. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I basically play the online multiplayer Mm. So I get stuck with just random people, and it can be hilarious if you get stuck <laughs> with a bunch of people I have no idea what they're doing, or it can be really intimidating if you get stuck with a team that, like, definitely knows what they're doing. You're like, I don't right. want to be the one that's holding everything. Right. I found that after me and Kayla have both played a significant amount of time on it, we have, like, all the DLC and stuff, too. You consistently, when you go back and play it, it's a very uh, humorous game so long as... You don't get mad at, like, the other person for not doing their job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is... Anger management is definitely a thing. I would say if I ever had to lead a team of four, and it was, like, a team-building exercise, I would have us play this game. This was a great (laughs) game. Oh, yeah. To uh, figure out communication skills. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's what's so great about it, too, is, like, the complexity of it, too, is, like, there's enough variety in the levels to where if you have a team of four or three or even two, you can kind of delegate with each other and say, okay, I'll be in charge of this and you take care of that and, you know, figure out the best way to get the best score in the time. And then the first first time you could play a level, that was just pure chaos and you can enjoy the chaos. Oh, yeah. That's the great part, too. Like... When you finish like a meal or whatever that you're going to send off to like the the customer and then you fall in the water with the plate of food. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's, yeah. Yeah, that's Uh, pretty funny. But The last thing I'll say about that game that I found, I've talked about this before on another episode, but that phenomenon that happens when you're playing multiplayer with people where you can't speak to them. Hmm. It's so interesting. This happened in Journey, and you only had like a button click to communicate like one sound. It's sort of similar in Overcooked, where they have a few like symbols, like go like a wash dish symbol or a prep symbol, but like people can only sort of imply what they want and like communicating with people that you can't actually talk to. It's so interesting, and like when you're, it's obvious when you're playing with people that have played before. Because there's like certain rhythms you get into and Mm. yeah, I I just think that phenomenon is so cool. So basically you just spam the cursing. Some people (laughs) do. That's not communicating. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just mad. I'm just mad. I'm just mad. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Well. Last one. Robert. Okay. Um, so I think you guys have already mentioned a couple things that I enjoyed this year. Valhalla was awesome. Georgie talked about that. Animal Crossing was really nice to have this past year at the beginning of pandemic. It was a great distraction. Thank you. Thank you. Um, another one that I played that I really enjoyed actually, um, my friend Sarah told me about this one cause it wasn't even on my radar. It's called spirit fair. Mm. Have you heard of this? Uh, I don't know a whole lot about it, but the names sound familiar. I would say, like, look up a short, like, little game player trailer or something just to see the style. I thought the style was really fun. It's, like, it's all, like, hand-drawn animation, and it's very uh, detailed. It's, like, a obviously it was done out of, like, with a lot of care and attention and craft. So it's kind of fun to just look at, to be honest. But um, I liked it a lot because it's a kind of blend of the life simulator Uh, there's like some management stuff you're like on this boat and you're hosting all these different people in the afterlife who live in different rooms on your boat that you build for them with your materials that you get as you travel along you pick people up and then you you know you do missions for them and help them kind of figure out what it is that they struggled with when they were alive so that they can move on past the afterlife and um, is really charming. It's very like surprisingly emotional for how simplistic a lot of it is. Uh, the music is awesome. It lasts a really long time. It was significantly longer than I thought it would be, and I was kind of sad when it ended. But it's it's really fun. It's like uh, you got some 
not difficult platforming, but it's pretty solid. It feels good to jump around and explore. And every time you go get to a new place, it's like, oh, I want to see like everything that's here. And they have some hidden bits so you can find some items that are kind of hidden away. You got that Metroidvania loop where you're kind of unlocking skills every now and then. It's very rare that you do, but then you can revisit some old places and find some things that you previously weren't able to access. Um, so it's kind of a nice like genre blend that way. It's got a lot of different things going on, but um, I think the story is really interesting. Uh, I don't want to give away the main trope of kind of the character that you play, but um, it's got a heart and a, yeah, it was, it was just a really good game. So I would su- I would suggest like at least check it out, um, at least take a look at it because it was really fun. I loved it when you played it on the dock because the music was so pretty. It is really good, yeah. yeah. I heard, uh, and that, from the little that I saw, that the art style has gotten a lot of praise. Definitely. Yeah, it's a looker for sure. It's sort of like um, that 2D animation sort of like Cuphead was doing, but just a different style of 2D animation. Mm. Uh, yep so there's that and then a couple other things i wanted to mention quickly uh i did get the super mario 3d all-stars because i am a big sucker and if nintendo's like dangling out some nostalgia in front of me i'm gonna be like where could i get it how fast could i get it (laughs) so i got that um and i've been enjoying it i replayed sunshine they did a great job with the remaster of it i think i already talked about that i've been playing galaxy which has been really great um, cause I had never played it before and I'm really enjoying it. Um, I did, I got horizon last year, horizon zero dawn on my PC, Finally. Oh boy! which has, was really cool. And I kind of came to a stopping point with it because when it first came out, it was not the greatest port in the universe and I was getting a little frustrated with it. I think it's been fixed since, so I'll have to revisit it. Maybe I'll do that this year. Um, I started playing Xenoblade Chronicles on Jesse's request, which is not, I'll be honest, it's not straight down the middle of the thing that I prefer, but I am enjoying (laughs) it. So it's kind of like a long play, a dip into it and then play something else and dip into it. For the health of our relationship. I see. I understand. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's good fun. I make too many references to this game for you not to have played it at some point. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, there are certain things I have to do. (laughs) Um, And then Doom Eternal is still on my list. We already talked about that a bit. Um, And really, I want to do a little corner piece on Cyberpunk quickly because I haven't finished it, but I played it probably 98% of the main story and a significant portion of the rest of it. So here's my like little two cents on the game that everybody likes to talk about in a disparaging way. I really enjoyed it. I had a good time. I'm spoiled because I have a nice computer and I think it's the most agreeable, not that's available, but it's a more agreeable hardware for the game to not perform in an exceptionally buggy way. Although there are plenty of bugs and they are hilarious. Like there's like some dude who's floating in the middle of the road in a sitting position, like a good five feet above the asphalt, just chilling, just hanging. And then I come by flying by in my car and accidentally bump him. And then all of a sudden out of the thin air, the police arrive and blow me to smithereens. How can you not love that? It's like great. Setup. That is a setup. Yeah. But please talk about the scuba diving one. There is a story mission pretty late on into like uh, they have like these uh, kind of side missions that are dedicated to particular characters. So you kind of follow their character arc through to completion. So one particular character who everybody loves, myself included, uh, one of the very last things that you do with her character arc is you go scuba diving together and you learn about like the way that she was raised and like how where she grew up and all that stuff. I don't want to give it all away, but very interesting it's very cool but i was trying to be a good gamer and do my thing where i love to explore because the city is really big and they have this whole area just outside the city to explore it's big 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 very detailed so and i love the driving the driving is so fun i I love it i love it i love it so i'm just like driving around and i'm driving outside the city and then i find this little hut and i'm like oh this is really interesting point of interest so I get out of my car and I'm like looking around and then I find because it's kind of like a lake house just on the edge of a lake and I found this box and in the box there's a 
scuba diving kind of just just the suit piece not the helmet or anything so what do i do of course i picked it up i'm very curious right <laughs> turns out that if you equip that item you are not allowed to take it off to put any other armor on or anything you were locked into it until you can com- totally complete that character's arc oh my god so i did a good probably third of the game where i'm doing things like uh i'm like trying to be really stealthy and sneak into these places and like free people and all this stuff and the whole time i'm wearing a scuba suit <laughs> You know. Oh no. I think seeing you on your motorcycle, your badass motorcycle <laughs> in a suit is like the best thing. Also, it makes you bald for some reason. Yes, it makes you bald, which is very funny. So <laughs> it's it's it strange. was good fun. <laughs> but yeah. I would definitely love to get like a more like actual your impressions of the game at some point. Yeah, we'll have to I'll do a, a more in depth breakdown at some point. Cool. Gotcha. Well, cool. 2021 was good for 2020 was good for gaming hopefully 2021 can be good for gaming too we uh wrote a list of things that we're hoping comes out this year i think it's interesting first off that there's a lot of games that were supposed to actually either be very close to coming out or have already come out even from last year and because of covid everything just like in the movie industry and a lot of i think the entertainment industry everything has gotten tabled to a later date and even that later date has gotten even further tabled because everybody's still reeling from covid because there was actually a game that was supposed to come out in february uh, but now has gotten bumped to april that game is outriders where most shooters require you to duck behind cover to recharge health and whatnot this game actually in order to regain health you have to destroy stuff and enemies so it kind of it's a more offensive based versus a defensive based uh, type of shooter, uh, which is a little bit different than your norm. It hasn't really been confirmed or anything, but it would be really cool if Hellblade Two came out this year. Fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed. Although that's one where they're they're not likely to release that until it's like really ready, right? Yeah, that won't be released until it's really ready. And the fact that we only got a cinematic last year. Unreal Engine 5 is slated to be released. It's not a game, but the the engine is slated to be released. I think it's like the third or fourth quarter of this year. Uh, which brings a lot of cool technology that I think we've covered in a previous podcast. So excited about that. Excited for what that the ability that will give uh, new games that are either in development or will go into development with that. How long do you think it'll be before we see something like a game fully made in Unreal Engine 5? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, I hope sooner rather than later, uh, I'd like to be able to have it fully utilize the current console generation. That would suck if it came at the end of it. Well, the, the great thing is, is like the games that are being made in Unreal Engine 4 can be easily supposedly from what they've said it could be easily ported over to Unreal Engine 5 once it's fully released um, so if your game is designed to be a next gen type game with a later release date you can easily port it into you know that if you're already you know designing it with that the perks that that en- new engine will give you in mind well, it'll be cool whenever it comes around yeah yeah, yeah so that uh, and then Maybe we'll get a new Zelda. Maybe we'll get the new Breath of the Wild game, uh, the sequel, this year. Yeah, uh, my biggest hope is that they just go full out for the 35th anniversary, like they did for mm. this uh, oh, this past huge. year for the Mario 35th anniversary. I'm cautiously optimistic that will happen, since they've been sort of quiet up till now, and that's yeah. sort of Nintendo's MO to drop really exciting news unexpectedly. Like, we obviously got that teaser for the sequel to Breath of the Wild more than a year ago, it has to be. Uh, so I'm secretly hoping that they do something like they did with the Mario All-Stars, 3D All-Stars, and they bundle something like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. I would be so psyched if they did that. I would love that, too. I would love to play Skyward Sword, not with a Wiimote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was great. the one thing that made me question whether they would even go through the effort of upgrading to the Switch. 
that would probably be really hard to do, adapting emotion controls to a classic yeah. controller setup. But then they did do that with Super Mario Galaxy, and I thought that was a pretty good port. Personally, I would still like the option to use the Joy-Cons in the way the Wiimote was used in Skyward Sword. I had a fun time swinging around the Wiimote. So it's got my arm exercise in, so uh, I'd like the option, if possible. So, uh, post-recording comment, I just want to say that Nintendo dropped the news of the Skyward Sword HD remake uh, <laughs> while we were editing the recording to this podcast, so we totally called it. Okay, thanks, bye. Or, like, maybe they just go full out and they, they bring you Ocarina of Time for, or Majora's Mask for N64. I think that would be... A really smart way to hype up that online system. And then I can finally play Master Quest, which I still have yet to do. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just hijacked that mention of Zelda, but yeah, Zelda. I want Zelda. Speaking of Zelda, in the realm of VR, I have found a way to play like the first little bit of Breath of the Wild in VR. What? That's so cool. Wait, yeah, so, so when you start the game, it's like you're submerged in a tub and then the water yeah. comes down? Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like you're in the room, you get the uh, the Sheikah Slate, and you get, to, you get to use it as a map. You get to like hold it in your hand. You get to run around as Link. The only thing that the port doesn't have are enemies, but... Like the the swords, the axes, like the fruit from a tree and stuff, you can all interact with that. That's pretty cool. So obviously this is unofficial. Right, it's unofficial. Somebody ported it over um, in a community-based social game. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Breath of the Wild 2 is actually a VR game. (laughs) What a twist. (laughs) And then um, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen because there's rumors. And if come to find out it was an April Fool's Day joke, supposedly, but it would be really, really great to have a Metroid Prime remastered trilogy if we don't get Metroid Prime 4 this year. Yeah, I would love it. That would be awesome. Definitely. So, um, obviously, Halo Infinite will probably come out at some point this year since it got delayed from the console release. And then, uh, Jesse, did you put her here, Horizon Zero Dawn 2? I did. I mean, I know it's Still a slim chance of that happening. Take all the time you need, Guerrilla Games. But maybe later in the year, potentially? Um, Was that mean you have to get a PS5? Look, I'm waiting to get a PS5 until they come out with the Horizon Zero Dawn 2 bundle. Mm. Like, I want a special skin for my PS5. Like, Mm -hmm. I want the whole shebang. But if that doesn't happen and Horizon Zero Dawn 2 comes out, yes, I will have to. Get a PlayStation 5 if I can find one. I just Googled it the other day to see, hey, are there any, uh, any available? And no. Oh, no. You got $2,000? No, there aren't. <laughs> uh, I'm not paying. No, scalper. Uh, yeah, pretty much I, I get the impression from searching online that if you want one, you just have to basically call all the yeah. sellers and be like, when are you restocking? And then basically call them all the time. Yeah. Try to claim one, but um, yeah, I'm not that much in a rush unless Genshin Impact totally fries my current PS4. <laughs> uh, now, yeah. would you be open to getting a regular PS5, but then get like buying a custom skin or something like that for it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super into skins, but like, I do think it's really cool if there's a game I really like is bundled with a special console. Like, yeah, I'll do it, but. I think that there, like this year in particular, and maybe next year as well, there will be a lot of what was kind of like a empty year somewhat for games last year, this past year, mm-hmm. just because of so many delays and setbacks and stuff, just complications. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that this year and the coming years we'll see kind of a bigger, better, brighter future for gaming. Yeah, I predict that maybe the indies will end up. Yeah. Being more uh, innovative. Well, like 
<laughs> I'm sure it's harder for a larger AAA game company to move to the working from home. Like, yeah, ultimately they can make it work, but like it's hard to build such a large scale game in that type yeah. of environment. But indies are already doing that. Like they're already working small scale from home a lot of the time. So maybe yeah. we'll see an, a new slew of indie games in the next year. Yeah. I also read an article, Steam released kind of a report of like how much new users and like playtime and such uh, for 2020 compared to 2019. 2019, it was like 20.1 billion hours logged in games. And this year, this past year, it was like 30.2 or something like that. Oh my gosh. So like a whopping like 10 billion more hours were played from, you know, influx of new users to, you know, new purchases of games and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. There's some people I know who aren't really gamers who like have dipped their feet into some things and found a lot of really nice distraction in, you know, like there's somebody I know who's very uh, analytically minded. And so they started looking around and they found city skylines and that is just like so deep and awesome for them, all these systems and stuff. And so they were able to like sink a bunch of time into that. And it was just really helpful for this last year to kind of be able to, you know, if you got to stay home, it's nice to be really have something to do. Even if it is just idle time on a game, it helps. Yeah, yeah it helps keep in mind the time. active yeah. and entertained. I don't fault anyone for that. Robert, you got this, but George, I don't know if you got this, but uh, Nintendo sent out a year in review email. Yes. <laughs> it was very interesting to see my stats. Um, oh, really? The, the April and May and September months were the most, were where my most hours were used, which makes a lot of sense. And my total hours put into the Switch increased about 100 hours from 2019. So interesting. I'm not going to say what the actual amount was. I'm just going to say it <laughs> increased significantly. <laughs> no, that's cool that they, they did that for this year, this past year. It'd be really interesting to follow up on that topic about releasing games too early. Like the whole cyberpunk drama, I think would be really fun to talk about. I hope this is another big push for unionization for game developers. In the meantime, let's just sink all our free time into video games and forget about our work problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you next time.